Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 157. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Alison Wonderland. The Australian electronic and dance producer and singer is releasing her incredible third record today, entitled Lona. In today's episode, we're speaking with Alison about her connection with her fans, this brilliant third record, and why her music isn't classified as EDM. Here we go. Our guest today is a multi-talented producer, DJ, cellist and singer from Sydney, Australia. She's found success with her own brand of electronic and dance music, releasing brilliant records like Run and Awake. She currently holds the title for the highest billed female DJ in Coachella history, and today she's releasing her third studio record entitled Lona. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Alison Wonderland. Good morning. Hi, what's up? How are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm just... Well, not really chilling, but, you know, there's that thing called album stuff happening. So that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it is a very um, exciting time for you, a very exciting week. Uh, The new album, Lona, is out today, which we will get into in a second. But, um, yeah, I guess in in the lead up, there's always, I imagine, you know, 20 to 30 different things kind of going on. How do you feel, this is the third studio record, how do you feel each time that you have to kind of, turn on the machine and get it started back up again it's honestly like i have amnesia and i forget how traumatic even making an album is until i start doing it again and then i kind of get to the very end and i'm like i'm in the pit why why did i do this to myself and then you finish making the album it's mixed and you've got the album cover and everything's done and you completely forget how traumatic it was to make an album and you're like okay ready to write the next one when's that gonna happen and then you forget that you have to do you have to tell people about the album and then um, people are going to read your lyrics and there's going to be opinions about it. And, you know, you kind of have amnesia every time because this is like such an extreme high and low to release like something that's so, you know, you've kind of slaved and labored over for so long. So, you know, something that you're very passionate about. Of course I am. Um, when a new album does come out and as you said, everyone's reading over the lyrics, the liner notes, everyone has their opinions. How much do you, within like any normal human being would how much do you listen to that kind of noise that's going on around it or do you just kind of push it away i i think most people who are human can't fully push it away if you can please tell me how um especially when something's so personal and you've made something and worked so hard and 
you know, it's especially in, in the, the, the time that we live now, it's so easy to have such a quick instant opinion and just send it out. Um, rather than, you know, back in the day, they probably wrote a letter, sent it in the mail, six weeks later, someone would get it and figure out what they even wrote it about. Like it just was such a different, you know, way to kind of take in content and music and film and all of that, you know? So now, uh, everyone has an opinion. I'm definitely a lot better than I was, uh, I used to be really affected by that kind of stuff, but now, you know, I'm kind of more grateful that I'm on my third studio album and I'm able to, you know, headline festivals and play my dream venues like Red Rocks and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. And I, I, I understand that music is so personal and it's not always going to hit everybody because everyone gravitates to so many different sounds and styles everyone everyone's different we're like fingerprints and so some people are going to get it and some people won't that's totally fine I think I used to get a really kind of hurt when people would attack or doubt me um now I don't really care as much but you know um I don't I think because I've been doing this and being this consistent for so long it's it's less of that but when i started it was a lot more <laughs> it was a lot more <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course the um i think that of course it's difficult to um take in every opinion and everything else i know that uh my opinion in the grand scheme of things probably doesn't matter in terms of this podcast um we were very lucky enough to get a copy of the album a week ago or so and have been sitting with it for a while. And um, if I'm allowed to, my opinion is that this album is incredible. This is um, this is sick. <laughs> no, that means so much. It's thank you. Um, I really hope my mom didn't pay you to say that. Um, <laughs> I, I she's actually just yeah. here. <laughs> I, she might be. I don't know. And she's definitely back in Australia somewhere. But um, yeah, I uh, I genuinely think and I think this is why I'm maybe less affected by it now is I really feel like I've gotten to a point musically and as an artist where I really know what I sound like and I know how I want to communicate that and I'm experimenting with vocoders and more like different sonic things because when you're a producer and you work at electronic music it's so reliant on technology and technology is always evolving so I'm able to it's really exciting for me I'm able to push myself otherwise I would get super bored um and I think you know being an artist is always about learning and and if I were to stay complacent I don't know how I'd feel but I I personally think this is by far my favorite album (laughs) by far it is a yeah it's a gorgeous record it's definitely an Alice in Wonderland record but it's um like I'm having trouble even kind of working out the words <laughs> to speak. I can't even speak properly. Um, it Firstly, it is a sonic growth. It feels like there's both the classic sounds and sonic palette that people would recognise you for, but there's also a lot of organic kind of instruments and um, yeah. I guess things coming through that as well. Is that, I guess, yeah, was that a conscious choice of you going, let's expand this sound and let's kind of build on what we've previously done? 100%. I, it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't verbalize that, but I knew internally that to relay the kind of message and story of this album, I, I wanted more organic elements in there that were so juxtapositional to uh, stuff that was obviously a bit heavier and, and dirtier and 
like very electronic heavy. So I, I, I really like to mesh the two. Um, I'm, I've always been a lover of someone who, a lover of someone. I've always been a lover of someone. That's not true. Definitely had breaks in that. Um, I've always been a lover of um, electronic music that has very human elements layered on top of it. Um, that's usually what's spoken to me the most. Um, and uh, I just, I've just, I just listen to so many different genres um, that I'm so inspired by so many other sounds, not just synths and, and you know, um, drum samples. So I I wanted to incorporate that a little more in, in this album. And I was, I think I was just at a point and I had the skills now to be able to do that. So, yeah. Of course. The, the other side of this um, record, which I feel isn't, it's still very much a trait of yourself. I know that the you've always had a very strong connection with fans in how you like uh, convey emotions. Your, sh- your songs haven't shied away from kind of making those connections with people. And I feel that this again, once again, and it seems like I'm just blowing s- smoke up your ass and I apologize. Honestly, kind of like, this is the, you, you, honestly, this is the first person I've spoken to who's heard the album. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm hoping that all the others have, have had the same connection to this album that I have, because I, I thought it was brilliant. The, the emotional resonance on this. So we've talking about the, the sonic palette of it, but I feel like the, the emotional side of this, some of the lyrics, um, it kicks off with forever and, uh, safe life. Uh, and these, these tracks, it just kind of continues to, I found myself revisiting the album again and again and again. And I know obviously in preparation for today, I meant to do that, but it was times where like I had set aside for other music, non-work, that I still found myself returning to it just because it seems that you have found a way to be able to be honest with both yourself and with fans and, and make that emotional connection. And I was wondering, yeah, is is that something that I think it is are you telling me the truth? That's very nice. Thank you. No, um, no word of a lie. Hands. <laughs> okay. Scouts on her. Thank you. Um, I'll um, remember this yeah. when someone's like, I hated it. <laughs> um, Please yeah, direct I, them, direct them my way. In, in terms of um, communicating to people, first of all, for me, music's always been a way to kind of communicate to myself Um it's the easiest way for me to explain and express how I'm feeling. Um, I find it really difficult to, when I'm in a very emotional state to kind of like coherently word how I'm thinking and get really kind of fuzzy in my head. I don't know how else to explain it. And and the best way for me is to write it down or um, sit back for a day and think about what I want to say, because I get very overwhelmed with my emotions Um, and so songwriting for me has always been, or just writing poems has always been kind of an outlet for me. Um, and I think I made a deal with myself from the beginning of this, um, because at the very beginning I was trying to do, and you'll never hear that music, it never came out, but I was trying to do things I thought people would like rather than what felt right. And then, um, weirdly very early on, very young flume and I had a conversation. He might not even, he probably does remember this, um, where he just went, well, cause he, I was 
also producing under a different name, White Fang, as well as Allison at the time. And I still am now, but not. it was way more way more kind of geared towards White Fang at the time. And and he was like, well, the Allison stuff doesn't really sound like you. It doesn't really sound like you now. I think you should just be honest with yourself. And then someone else around that time who was very wise said to me, you can tell everybody that you put everything into this. Um, you can tell everyone. But one day you're going to be on your deathbed and you're the only one that's going to know if you really put any put everything into this and really put your all into this. And it haunted me and scared the living shit out of me because um, <laughs> I want to know that I really lived. You know, I, re- I wanted that's kind of what safe life is about, actually. Like, I just really want to know I, I, I was honest with everything I did and as real as I could, especially with my music. And I think, um, you know, for a long time, especially when I was starting out, um, it wasn't as common to be writing songs like this over beats like that. Um, and it took a while for, for for people to get it. And then finally, people who were on probably a similar wavelength or going through something similar to me started to, to resonate with what I was doing. And I think that's when um, I started gaining fans very quickly. Um, and, you know, no one's going to get it until somebody does, basically. And that's what happened with me. Um, but I stuck to my guns and um, I, I really, really was adamant about being myself the entire time and being honest. Um, you know, I, I have been writing my feelings down way before this for a reason. Um, and I thought it would be kind of cheating this opportunity I was getting if I didn't really completely, uh, just be myself with this. Um, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't, don't think I would be able to live with that if I'm being real. Um, and I think when you're really honest with, uh, your art, um, it, it resonates on a different level with people. And, you know, I, I haven't had a top 40 hit or anything like that, but I have a different type of type of music that hits, I guess, different types of people. And as, as many just in, in a different world, I'd say. Um, and I think it's because, um, I've just been completely honest and, and the more I've, I've written songs, the more I've learned how to write, learned how to write songs. And, um, uh, I've learned how to get a really big thought in a really small sentence. Um, and that was something that, you know, I've done through practice and that's through writing many songs on many albums and, um, and many songs that didn't make any al- many albums. <laughs> and, uh, I think, you know, for me, what is most recognizable in my music, apart from the, the, the synth sounds that I use, I usually, even if they use differently, they're, they're pretty much, you can tell like that was what I was gravitating towards. But, um, my voice sounds like me and the way that I write my lyrics sound like me. So it's, um, you know, I think, I think people can tell that I'm very much, uh, not doing this for any other reason, but self-expression. 100%. I am having a think about the music and the output that you've had so far. It definitely, firstly, I feel has aged better than some other maybe electronic music of around the same time. And I wonder, um, like I know that you, you kind of bucked that trend in terms of electronic music. I would, I know that you would not identify, and I don't think it's correct to identify you as EDM because I feel like that's a very 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Much more kind of aggressive party style electronic music where Mm -hmm. you seem to be in a category of your own. And I'm wondering, you, you touched on it a little bit, but like how you found that journey of being honest with yourself and kind of going against what was popular around that time to then carve out this niche now where, as you said, you're, you're headlining Red Rocks. And I feel that there's less EDM headliners maybe at Red Rocks as an example these days going into 2022 and, and moving forward. I mean, I think EDM is a very misused term these days. And I think it's it's kind of used for people who aren't in the scene who do not understand electronic music because if you're not an electronic music lover, it's very niche. And I think it feels quite foreign to even start exploring because there's so much of it and so many different avenues. So I think EDM was like this big umbrella term that became originally I associated EDM with commercial main room house type of stuff which again, isn't a bad thing, but that's what I associated it with. But then as um, electronic music became more more popular and came to the forefront of festivals and music, especially, uh, you know, around 2015, 2014, that's when I really noticed electronic music having a huge, you know, it kind of was, it was one of, it was probably the most popular genre at one point. You'd hear Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, everyone was making EDM, you know, or singing over a David Guetta track, and that's what was going on at the time. And and so people were associating anything electronic with EDM because it. Well, I mean, you know, not not in a bad way. Like, I, for example, like my partner does not listen to electronic music, and they don't know anything about it. Um, and when we first met, they were like, "Oh, so you are a techno DJ." I'm like, ugh. <laughs> then knowing, like learning kind of where, how electronic music is perceived from outsiders. It makes me understand why people say EDM. In saying that, you know, um, I, I don't consider myself, I feel like I've, again, evolved a lot since 
how I was presented to the world early on, which is totally fine. And I feel like it's been an organic, like it's evolved organically and, and the people that listen to my music have actually evolved with me. So it's awesome. Um, I'm able to, uh, you know, I have live instruments on stage now I'm singing, especially on my own solo tour. It's 45 minutes of the show I'm singing. I have live percussionists. I have string players for some of them. And I'm trying to just make the show as, you know, much of my dream as I can. Um, <laughs> but I would say like at this point in my career, I, I'm less of a, I don't think categorizing me in as like a EDM DJ really fully explains what I do. Cause I'm an, I would say I'm an electronic artist. Um, cause I write and all of this, but it's hard to just say all these things. So now I just tell people I'm an electronic artist because I think it's, I don't really know how to explain myself. <laughs> I mean, like all I know is that I wake up every day, I take my dog for a walk and then I sit and live in my studio and I don't go out. So that's not, you know. um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes it's just hard to explain to someone when something's so foreign, what it is without simplifying it. So I can't get mad at it. I'm like, cool, let me show you what I do, you know? And then they, then you'll either understand what I do or you won't. And that goes back to whether people will get your music or they won't, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's what it is. A hundred percent. I, I think that to classify you as EDM would be uh, to, to narrow it down would maybe be just lazy and maybe a lack of knowledge, as you said, of yeah. the genre itself as a whole. Um, because as you just mentioned, there's live instrumentation on this tour. You've got, um, singers, you, I believe, bring out an electric cello, which is very impressive. I don't think anyone's <laughs> yeah. seen that at any other festivals. So I think that's um, just this kind of, yeah, incredible mix of live and electronic and everything else. Um, when it kind of comes to, I guess, more softer, tender moments, possibly like playing the cello, and where I'm wanting to go with this is there is a track on the album that I think was the standout for me, even though some of these tracks, as I said, they're massive, they're huge um, in scope, but something real, the track was a moment Did for me where I... He didn't tell you <laughs> No, really? this morning, this, yeah, legitimately, this morning is the first time I've met Garth. Um, for those listening to the okay, podcast, so he's no a gentleman. One, yeah, sorry, Garth's my manager and I'm just... I'm like, cause he, this is his favorite song. And, um, actually quicks, who's a really good friend of mine, who's an amazing producer from New Zealand called me and left a voice message today. Not, not joking. Like a voice note on my phone. So I didn't pick up saying, I can't stop listening to something real. And I <laughs> did not expect that to have a lot of people have, have said this. So I'm, I was like, what songs are you going to pick? But here we go. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. And this kind of might uh, play into the question I was going to ask. And the fact that, it, that Garth uh, shares the sim- similar sentiment to myself is that this song is a little bit more, it's a little bit more subdued than, than other tracks on the album or that you might be known for, but it, it does kind of click and it seems to fit into this album perfectly. And I was wondering where, where I guess where the inspiration for this song came from and how you felt about a song that, yeah, maybe 
was a little bit, it's still very much Alice in Wonderland, but a little bit quieter, a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Um, originally, uh, Garth is going to hate me for saying, well, he not, he won't hate me. He was just <laughs> like, I want you to do, he loves house. He loves to fall to the floor. What I make is not what he is probably not what he would go to a club and listen to. He loves house. <laughs> I don't make house. The only thing I've done housewise really is, you know, I featured on a preset song and then I just sung with uh, Valentino Khan. I think that's like the closest house thing I've done. You know, uh, I think Dreamy Dragon that I did with Chief Keef has kind of like a breakbeat style thing going on on the last album. But apart from that, I love DJing house. If I'm playing an after party, I love listening to it, but I, I've, ne- I've never made it. Um, and he, he just begged me when I was writing this album and he was like, look, I, I'm your best friend. I'm your manager. I've always dreamed of you doing a song where it's four to the floor and really soft and, and but like a soft ethereal dreamy four to the floor track. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I just started writing these chords and, um, I was sitting down with my friend Trevor, said this guy who did all the vocal production on this album. Trevor's an incredible, incredible musician. He did a lot of my vocal production. Um, I'd say basically 85% of the album and the rest was me on my iPhone. Um, but, uh, this was the first time I've actually worked with a, with a vocal producer on any of my albums too. And I, he was the one that, you know, got my voice sounding good with a vocoder or, you know, um, just, I don't know. He just knew how to record my voice. And so he's a genius. So shout out Trevor. Anyway, I was sitting with Trevor. I started writing this melody and um, I laid it down. We were sitting, it was maybe one or 2 AM and I was sitting on the floor and I'm just like, keep looping these chords. And I started writing the, the, the hook. Um, and then I left it cause I didn't know what to do with the song. And I'm just like, it doesn't sound like me. I don't know about it. And then every time I would play, it was honestly like half a verse and then a chorus. And I didn't even have the, didn't have that at all. It didn't have like that, like afterthought. Um, and everyone just kept saying, Oh, this song is so good. I want to hear more. And I put it to the side. There was no plan really to finish it. And then, um, towards the end of the album, uh, I had gotten to a place which I was definitely not in when I started the album, uh, in a, on, in, in my personal life. And I finally, uh, after my entire life met someone really great and I was kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> was not looking for anything like this. And I was very happy being a loner, um, I, I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I'm totally cool on my own. Like I'm going to live my life on my own. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I, I've got a house. I've got my dog. I'm going to make my house feel good. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just do me and I, I don't need anyone. And that's totally fine. And I was really happy. And I, I got to this point where I, I finally felt very free because I had made a lot of changes in my life to internally feel quite solid and structured, which I'd never done before. Um, and then out of nowhere, when I'm not looking for anything, I meet this amazing person, um, who just completely out of nowhere came into my life and, um, is in, and, and at the very end, when I was wrapping up all the other songs, I, I wrote this, the verses and, and the outro and, 
um, I felt very inspired. And I would say this is the only love song I've ever written. And I, I, I sung it with love. I sung it so, I was so happy when I was singing it. And I felt, you know, um, I'm usually very, I gravitate towards very dark content and, and, and lyrics and feelings. And I just feel so happy when I am around this person. And um, I wanted to capture that really well. I wanted to write something that felt pure happiness um, that made people smile um, and feel something. I think it's really, I feel like it's harder personally for me to, to feel something when I'm listening to something happy. So it was a challenge for me to do that. Um, but you know, ideas kept one, one night, like out of nowhere, the ideas were flowing and, um, Trevor actually had the idea to do the, the pitch down vocal at the very end where I'm like singing really quickly. That's me actually. And he was like, why don't we try pitch down vocal? And so, you know, flesh that out really quickly. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just like a pure love song. It is the most positive. I just put all my positive happiness when I was recording it. I was smiling. I was feeling light. And um, it was almost like a benchmark for me to be able to write a song like this because I never have been able to. So I, it, it was kind of like the, the world telling me that, hey, you know, um, you have evolved, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – you have someone you'll let your, you've got enough self love and, and, uh, self value now to only allow someone to treat you the way that you feel like you deserve to be treated. And that felt really good. Um, and so something real, again, dark horse of the album. Um, it was, you know, and then I sent it to God. I'm like, here's your, here's your house song. <laughs> here's your house floor to the floor beat down house vibe and and then when I listened back to it and I listened to the whole album I was like oh this sounds like me weirdly I didn't know I could ever make a song like this that would sound so much like an Alice in Wonderland track but here we are so um that was that that, you know I, I think like the key to doing anything as an artist if anyone's listening to this as an artist is just don't overthink um and just go with, with how you're feeling um yeah because I, I, I do feel like it, it just weirdly works so well on the album. It, it works beautifully <laughs> on the album. It fits very well. And I feel that uh, outside of Garth, myself, and any other friends that you've already played it for, you are going to hear a lot more about this track from fans because I imagine it's going to have the same kind of resonance with them well, as well. You know, I am um, so funny you say that because I did. I played uh, two nights in, in, in New York um, last month. And uh, they were sold out and everyone, it was crazy. And, you know, it was, I don't know, thousands of kids and the vibe was insane. And the very end of the second show, everyone was like, one more song, one more song. And I had something real on my USB and I just went, okay, I'll play you guys this, this unreleased track. And um, anyway, it was radio silence and no one was moving <laughs> and I felt so, I walked off and I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know how anyone's going to feel, but I think it's, I think when, when people actually listen to it, not in that, you know, that they'll get to know it in a different way. So hundred <laughs> percent context is very important in terms of yeah. the album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alison, very quickly, um, I, as you said, you're playing shows across the U S you've been playing Red Rocks, New York. Can we expect to see you back home in Australia anytime this year? I would, I, I mean, the plan is yes. The plan is yeah. yes. We're working on that. 
So um, obviously I miss, I miss Australia a lot. This is uh, where I, this is the reason I have a career is Australia, you know, playing in all the, the clubs and festivals around and building for years and years and years before I even had one show overseas. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, I know there's a lot of people very excited to see you back in Australia. I know there's a lot of people very excited about this album. The album is Lona. It is out today. Um, Alison, uh, Alison Wonderland, thank you very much for being on the podcast and congratulations again. Thank you. And thanks. Thanks for listening. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Alison Wonderland for her time. Lona is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Miriam at EMI Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week. Cheers.